0: Hey, welcome back. So yesterday we talked about how to be massively successful as an extroverted real estate agent. Now we're going to share with you the introverted agent's guide for massive success. As we started out yesterday's show, I think it's important for all of you guys to know that Julie and I are both dorky introverts.
1: Indeed. If you didn't know before, you do now. (laughs) That's
0: right. Um, And uh, yeah, you listen to this podcast long enough, you'll figure it out. And uh, we sold over 100 homes our first year in real estate, and this was when we are in our early 20s. So keep these things in mind. The takeaway being is you can be massively successful as an introvert or an extrovert. So if anyone's trying to pigeonhole you as somebody who's not naturally good for sales just because you're an introvert, we uh, were, are going to do our best today to right that misperception of who you are. So we're going to drill down right now. Julie, let's start with the myths.
1: Here's the myth. You have to be a real people person to be successful in real estate. You've got to be outgoing, gregarious, and socially confident to be great at this. But here's the fact. Some of the most successful top producing agents and brokers in the country are self-proclaimed introverts.
0: And we're going to really focus on that um, because I have to say, Julie, some of my best coaching clients I've ever had. And you and I, you know, I don't had know. Had many. I've had more than like, we, yeah. I mean, Julie and I have done at least a hundred thousand, um, one-on-one coaching calls, real live paid coaching calls, a piece. a piece, right? It's way over that now. And we, we stopped counting probably five years ago, but I, I'd say consistently when you take an introvert and you plug them into a plan, mm-hmm. you tell them what to say and how to say it, they will achieve more faster than an extrovert because the extroverts have a tendency not to want to follow a plan. They just want to sort of rely on their personalities and uh, as such, they have a tendency to hit a glass ceiling on what they're able to achieve. And uh, they don't realize they need to push past that. Whereas an introvert is going to say, listen, I know I'm not a natural natural salesperson. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. So tell me what to do. And then once you plug them into a plan, they almost always will dominate the most extroverted, gregarious agent in a marketplace.
1: Yeah. So I would agree with that based on not just my intuition as a fellow introvert, but also based on my own coaching clients and agents and brokers that we've known over the years. So let's put them through similar to what we did yesterday for if you're still sorting this out. How do you know if you're a natural introvert or extrovert? Ask yourself what you would do if you had no appointments this weekend and no worries in the world with plenty of time to spend doing something of your choice. Would you choose to spend that time with friends and family? Would you choose to spend the time by yourself? Would you go to a party? Would you throw a party yourself? What would your plans be?
0: So speaking of that, Julie, this Saturday, since we were forced into a lot of you know social interaction this <laughs> yes. past weekend, so this Saturday, what is it that you would like to do?
1: <laughs> I sit on the beach and listen to podcasts, read my book. Exactly. They I'm going to play s- with you and the kid. The I'm going to spend some
0: time on my race simulator and sit right there on the beach beside you. We just, have, we just have to be careful that we put our chairs on the beach in such a way that no one else is going to want to try to talk to us. <laughs> So we can refill the cup from having had a very extroverted, you That's know, right. weekend.
1: <laughs> well, so we, and we know that we're introverts and we have to refill the cup. So what would your plans be? If your plans are focused on being around other people and you seek them out, you are likely a natural extrovert. If your plans are to finish that book that you've been working on and snuggle into your favorite reading chair or on your lawn chair on the beach, you are probably a natural introvert. Would it surprise you to know that all of these famous and successful people are introverts? Emma Watson, Bill Gates, Christina Aguilera, Warren Buffett, Michael Jordan, Albert Einstein, Gwyneth Paltrow, Harrison Ford, and Steven Spielberg. Introverts can and are very powerful speakers, salespeople, entertainers, entrepreneurs, actors, and leaders of all sorts. So how do they do it? Is there some super secret strategy that you can learn and deploy? Well, Susan Cain is a writer of a book that I've read called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. (laughs) That was chosen as one of the top top 10 TED Talks ever. According to her, no one is 100% introverted or extroverted. Many people are a mix, but probably tend strongly towards one or the other. But society has long rewarded the more outgoing, attention-grabbing types of personalities well, we and tended to ostracize introverts.
0: Society in North American society, Western society, because in other cultures, it's not like that. That's true. Yeah, in other cultures, and where I should say almost in other uh, countries, it's not, the extrovert is somebody who's going to take back seat to, a, a I think, a, a very introspective, considerate, thoughtful uh uh, introvert for yes. sure yeah it is I different. mean if you, if you watch the interview between uh Putin and um what's his name
1: uh you asked me, Tucker Carlson.
0: Tucker Carlson, right. I mean, (laughs) which was kind of hilarious. Two hours of basically Professor Putin giving a history lesson of Russia, right? It was a little tedious. It was extraordinary. But the fact is, is that, I mean, obviously you could tell that Putin is more of an introvert than an extrovert, you know? And so these are just kind of things to intellectualize about, to realize that you don't have to be an extrovert to be very successful. By the way. All of today's show, this is for those of you who are introverts, right? All of you who are more analytical, by the way, which is a tendency of most introverts. You're going to find all of today's show notes <laughs> that are going to be down below in the show description. So if you want to read along with us, use these show notes for your, you know, frankly, your own use. But if maybe you're going to use it for training your, uh, your, uh, you know, your agents or your staff or whoever it is, they're down below. Go ahead and use them to your heart's content. Um, and if you're over, like they should be all showing on all the different podcast platforms on iTunes or whatever. And certainly on YouTube, but sometimes they do edit or clip the notes. And if that's the case, just hop over to timandjulieharris.com. And while you're there, remember, do join Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching is free for all of you to join for the first 30 days. Obviously, thousands of you, tens of thousands of you love this podcast. Imagine how much you're going to adore The uh, coaching program, Premier Coaching. Now, the best part, I think you'll agree, is there's no risk to you. You can join Premier Coaching right now 100% for free, not just for a day, not just for two days, but 30 days. And every single workday of those 30 days, you're going to receive a semi-private coaching call with one of our hair-certified coaches. It seems like it's almost too good to be true, but you won't believe it's even better than what I just described. Wait till you log in and see all the information that's waiting for you in the first level. So join Premier Coaching, click the link below, or just simply go to premiercoaching.com.
1: So introverts, you can be successful keeping your innate personality intact, but learning and internalizing some specific strategies. This way you'll navigate more easily in the fast paced, often aggressive and competitive world of real estate. So we have five simple strategies. Of course, you get more when you are a premier coaching client or an elite coaching client. And there's more in our Harris Rules book as well. But here's some strategies. Number one, have confidence in the person you are. The more comfortable you are in your own skin, the less you'll allow criticism to affect you. Stop believing you have to radically change your personality you only need to upgrade it and become more versatile. So be yourself first, then be you talking about real estate.
0: So Julie and I both introverts, right? So how did we, you know, essentially force ourselves or coach ourselves? Uh, prior to even being uh, real estate coaches to be more extroverted. We are prolific readers of biographies and we were reading about people we knew to be introverts and what they did to adapt and change and mold themselves so they could be more versatile. So frankly, they could accomplish more in their business and personal lives. That's a great place Mm -hmm. to start. There are a lot of really kick-ass podcasts now That are also going to be maybe, uh, you know, going to give you a little, uh, like there's one, there's podcasts specifically about biographies. Julie and I listened to two of those different ones. Um, You can listen to, there's history podcasts out there that will help you learn more about, guess what? Most of the most successful people in history have been introverts. I know, shocking to those of you who are extroverts, but it is true. Uh, so just, you know, open your mind to all the education that's all around you and start exposing yourself to different strategies that people have done historically to really not allow themselves to be pigeonholed or their life to be limited just because their tendency was to be a little bit more shut in and introverted. Again, not making fun of you introverts. Julie and I are the same way.
1: Very well put. Number two, introverts use scripts that don't sound like scripts. Know your material cold. Knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. So choose to be confident. Introverts do tend to be perfectionists. Thus, you tend not to speak up until you're confident. So instead of making that your detriment, make it your benefit. Memorize, internalize, and then personalize your scripts. When you know them really well, you can then internalize and personalize them, own them.
0: You know, I'll tell you what's funny about the point you just read. The introverts, you said use scripts that don't sound like scripts. They're like, okay, cool. Show me the scripts so I know what to say. The extroverts... Are, I heard that second point, and they're going like, I'm not reading no damn script. Whatever comes out of my mouth is good enough, exactly. right? So realize an extrovert using scripts is incredibly powerful. An introvert using scripts is more natural because they want to be told what to do and how to do it once they're confident that what you're saying and how to you know, explain to them how to do it is going to work. They're going to easily follow that pattern. But the last most important part of the point was – we want you to memorize the scripts first. Extroverts, you know, leading into show, the show yesterday, don't change the scripts until you've memorized them. Then we want you to internalize them. Memorizing is just learning the words in the order. Internalizing them and they start becoming more part of you. They start to feel more natural. And then personalize them. So the uh, introverts are going to get that right away. They're going to want to know what to say, how to say it. Extroverts, you're going to want to skip right to the personalization part because after all, you know whatever comes out of your mouth is going to be certainly better than what's been tested for the past 20 years to work in all markets and all price ranges. You guys get the point. I'm trying to make fun of all of you, make you laugh at yourselves. So follow the scripts, but do memorize them, internalize them, and then personalize them, and then they become your own. And then you don't even remember where you originally learned you know, the script or the conversation outline because it's now become a part of who you are
1: becomes very natural at that point but you can't skip a step reinvent and then try and make it work right so point number three introverts recharge your mental emotional and spiritual batteries every day what makes you tick introverts are rejuvenated by quiet dedicated time to themselves now this can be a walk meditating biking or just reading for 20 minutes but refill your cup routinely
0: and you do have to be unfortunately sometimes very selfish about that you're gonna have to if if you know again, that's the bottom lines. You're going to have to take yourself, isolate yourself uh, from your family sometimes or from other people, just from outside influences. So you can uh, refill your cup. Now, sometimes life makes it so you have to kind of do that in binges. Like Julie and I have been forced into a bunch of stuff lately that's never ending. And now we're going to have to say, we're going to have to tell the world we're checking out for probably at least two days so that we can get our emotions back in check. So we are able to go back to work and, you know, Uh, you know, be our best versions of ourselves as real estate coaches and as parents and as spouses and as friends. Right. But be okay with being a little selfish sometimes if you have to pull back and take care of yourself.
1: Very well put, because if you don't do that and you ignore it, you can really hit a wall.
0: I do for sure. I mean, if I'm doing too much extroverted stuff, I, I start to honestly, I start to get pissed off.
1: You get a little mean.
0: I get mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. I get mean and I get resentful. Mm-hmm. I do not, not like for no, no. You're
1: much better at managing it. You catch yourself, but I think it is a learned skill, and I think it's something that introverts have to work a bit harder on than extroverts do, because if they want to be, you know, charged up, they just hang out with friends and they're good.
0: But it's true. I mean, if you're an extrovert and you want to, you know, be yourself and you do drive a lot of energy and pleasure and connectedness from being around other people. The world is full of that. But it's if you're to find. if you're an extrovert and you're finding yourself or an introvert and you're finding yourself in an extroverted world, you are going to have to pull yourself away. You are, I mean our little daughter Zoe, she is the world's biggest extrovert. All she wants to do constantly is socialize. She's gonna be at school now for eight hours today, you know, and she's gonna come home and she's still gonna be bouncing off the walls went mm-hmm. and hang out with her friends. You know, so we're going to have to like, Julie and I might go on a walk, walk, go walk the dog after we drop her off at her friend's house to play those types of things. But do take care of yourselves. Otherwise you do emotionally burn the candle at both ends.
1: Yes. Very well put and accurate. Point number four, accept and embrace the fact that you will hear no more times than you hear yes. And that no is not never. It's just not now. So stop taking everything personally have at least 5 conversations every day where you could hear no that way you can also hear yes i what i tell coaching clients is look it, when you hear no let's say that you're doing your lead follow up and somebody's like no i'm not ready to list yet i'm not ready to buy yet whatever you can take that at face value and not be offended or hurt by the fact that you heard no; they're just not ready yet.
0: I'm, I'm going to try to lean into that point and the point we made a couple of points ago because you got my my mind working. So if you're an extrovert, or an introvert, sorry, you're probably also analytical, which means you're probably going to try to avoid anything that remotely feels like conflict. Which means, guess what? You're going to avoid the actual work in real estate that gets you paid and puts you in a position to help people because conflict is you know conflict sounds like a bad word but conflict is asking a question of somebody in your minds right this is how introverts naturally think where you could hear no because the no to you is like a punch in the head by Godzilla it's something that emotionally is going to be very uh, you know in some cases if you've not positioned yourself to realize it's never no it's just not no it's no not right now that can sometimes knock you on the mat to the point where you never try to do anything other than you know work with other extroverts introverts the rest of your life now a suggestion to all of you is something to avoid. This is, again, a mistake a lot of introverts will make is they're going to start saying, well, I'm just going to build a CRM and let the CRM do all the work for me. I'm going to hire a bunch of people and let all the VAs do all the work for me. I'm going to put myself in a position where I never have to learn to be versatile. I never have to essentially build the calluses to hear the word no and not take it personally and all the rest of it. Again, you're going to create your own uh, limiting world, limited world, because you, won't, you aren't willing to push past that. This is just an exposure to some, you know, the, this podcast, a lot of our podcasts, or there are exposures to ways that you can be thinking. And hopefully for some of you, these are breadcrumbs in the direction of being introspective and then realizing that you're holding yourself back in a lot of different ways from really being the best version of yourself, not just as a real estate agent, but also as a, you know, a, a brother or a spouse, a, a neighbor, a, you know, you're not actually allowing yourself to have a full um, I think, human experience because you don't know that you can and because of the way you sometimes react to things that are, for example, the perception of re- a rejection. For most people, rejection is horrible, but for a uh, introvert, rejection is the kiss of death. Well, move past that. That's just something that's in your head.
1: You can work on all these things. You
0: can. That's the right? blessing of it all. That's what I, we're trying I to know. do. We're just trying to open their eyes to it.
1: Well, I think that things like, you know, DISC tests and stuff like that, that is a guide. It's not Mm -hmm. a diagnosis. And I think that it's easy to to feel like, oh, well, because I'm this way, I can't work with that kind of person. Or because it's just my personality to be this way, I'm not going to be as successful in sales. Well, none of that is true because you have control. And that's why we're giving you these strategies today. So strategy number five, act as if you're an extrovert or more extroverted without losing yourself. Who do you know that has positive and outgoing traits and is well-respected? Begin to blend your natural tendencies with a few other traits that will, will increase your versatility. This isn't to say that you should be fake, but you might find out that you have some latent outgoing traits already within you. Most people do. So research conducted by John Zelensky, an associate professor of psychology at Carleton University, has found that introverts who act like extroverts, for example, by being more sociable, talkative, energetic, and enthusiastic than they are naturally, see their happiness increase.
0: Okay, level off there. So when you're following, for example, we, uh, you know, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, Ford, so we're going to give you a real life coaching here. Um, a lot of introverts have a tendency to be wall flyers. They'll go to a social gathering. It's going to require a lot of, you know, psychological work just to get them to go there in the first place. Now they're there. What they're going to do is have a tendency to focus in on one person, be at the party for two hours, and only talk to one or two different people, right? They don't have a strategy to how to behave in social environments. They haven't learned how to be more um, essentially extroverted. Once you do learn how to be more extroverted, it's something that you can repeat. It's duplicatable. It's a scalable skill uh, that will make it so that you naturally become more extroverted. So what you're doing is you're changing your behavior. And what that starts to do in a strange way is rewire your brain. So you actually become more extroverted. Now I've seen Julie do that. We've been married for 32 years, but I've seen her go from a huge dork, an introvert, right? Super analytical. I mean, you know, it's bad. Sure. And now she's taught herself through, you know, being consciously aware of the fact that she doesn't want to just be pigeonholed as an introvert to the extreme that she is naturally. And she's taught herself the skills to evolve past that and now she has no problems whatsoever getting along with people no matter what their characteristics are. That said, she still will prefer to find friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) in her social circle that are extroverts so that when she does go to those social things, those people will do most of the heavy lifting for her and introduce her to different people and the rest of it. You know, she's not changed to the point where... Uh, she's completely a different person she's learned essentially to work within her own quirks and features so she can be you know truly more versatile all of you guys can do the same thing
1: yes that's that's worth pointing out for sure one of the things that I remember learning this and putting all these pieces together is and I, I usually mention this when we talk about it uh, Charlie Rose used to do these interviews, okay? And I saw this interview with Johnny Depp, who, you know, plays a pirate and all these crazy things and and Edward Scissorhands and all these, like, over-the-top roles. But when Charlie Rose was interviewing him as an actor, I think it was called Actor Studio, he was, like, the quietest, most analytical, introverted, total dork ever that you would never expect him to be that way. And I thought, isn't that some interesting versatility?
0: Well, well, think about this. I want you to name a president Mm -hmm. that you know, that you either suspect or know to be an extrovert. And then I want you to think of an actor, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I aren't into pop culture, you know, at some point you just age out of that crap. But the (laughs) reality of it is, is I want you to think of an actor that Mm -hmm. you know for sure is an extrovert and start running down the different things in your Mm -hmm. mind of the most successful people in the world have a tendency to be introverts that have trained themselves to be extroverts.
1: I would say as a president who's extrovert, but I, I mean, I thought of uh, Ronald Reagan, actually, from an acting standpoint, um, as an extrovert who's, who might, I suspect, be a, a secret introvert, Ricky Martin, who is like an amazing performer, but we've met him a couple of times in person and is very quiet and chill and just like calm and normal. You know, it's interesting. And, and what is the common trait? They're versatile. That's the thing, is whatever their tendency was, they've added a layer of versatility to get to that success. I recently, uh, I think you heard part of this, an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, really interesting guy on so many different levels I would than say what, how we see him.
0: But Arnold's an extrovert. I can almost guarantee you he's an extrovert for sure. Yes. But if you, going back to Ricky Martin, right? Mm -hmm. So Ricky, from when he was a little kid, Mm -hmm. he learned the La Vida Loca and learned the dances, learned the things, learned to basically act in a certain way on stage where it would get a certain reaction, right? Yeah. So it's all scripted, right? Yes. He's learned how to actually be a way that will Mm -hmm. get the reaction and essentially create the life that he wants. That's all we're saying.
1: That is all we're saying.
0: And that's, and that's basically all it is. All you're going to do is you're going to follow a proven path. You're going to follow a system, but you know, I mean really what we really are hoping you take away from this and what we honestly what we frequently hear after we present this particular type of material is the introverts will email us and they'll message us and they'll thank us we never get much praise from the extroverts you know <laughs> they're off partying <laughs> exactly they're <laughs> off partying but the introverts will say thank you i needed to hear what you guys had to say because you know, for whatever reason, I thought for sure I wasn't going to be as successful in real estate. And I took some dumb DISC test. That was, I'm not saying the test was dumb necessarily. But the person that was helping you interpret the results was not really, you know, frankly qualified to do it. And then as a result, that person told you, based, and you may have happened to, had this happen in a high school counselor. Based on your personality profile, mm-hmm. these are the professions you should be following. I did that when I was in the seventh grade. Guess what profession they said I should become? a mailman. That's what they told me. Imagine. A mailman. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. How crappy those, you know, that whole experience. But I carried that with me for a long period of time, believing that that's all I was capable of. Some of you guys are carrying around that same sort of, you know, psychological weight. You need to shed all that and realize as long as you're waking up every day and you're looking at the green side of the grass... Life is a blessing. You happen to have been smart enough at one point to get a real estate license and choose what, frankly, is the most quintessential profession on planet Earth, especially in our country, which is being a real estate uh, professional. You have made the right decisions and now you're in the right place at the right time. Don't limit yourself because, oh, I can't work with that person because I'm an introvert or I can't work with that person because I'm an extrovert. You can be whatever you want to be if you're willing to actually set aside your preconceived notions about yourself and move forward.
1: Yes, so to put a cap to this two-part series where we talked about uh, extroverts first and on today's show, introverts, here's the secret, ultimately, the wealthiest real estate professionals and in fact, the wealthiest salespeople in general are not introverted or extroverted. They have simply become a versatile combination of both because they've studied and adapted to it over time.
0: Yeah, there's little hacks that you can do. We've exposed you guys to the four, you know, family occupation, recreation dreams no, it just in general in social uh, situations, little things you can do. But really lean into what we were telling you guys earlier, or maybe yesterday, I don't remember now, where we're telling you to definitely take an approach where you're not going to talk about yourself. Get to the point, like it's genuinely uncomfortable for Julie and I. Uh, on this podcast, less or so, because we know some of you want to feel connected with us and we want to feel connected with you. But in social settings, if we were talking with you, you would almost have to be rude to Julie and I to get us to talk about ourselves, you know, cause we just have trained ourselves not to do it. We might, you know, just like, let's walk them through a Ford. Okay. Sure. Just as an example, right. Mm-hmm. Cause this is, this shows for the introverts, yeah. right? So I'm going to be, I'm going to take the easy route. You're going to be you being well, you. So
1: let's, let's define Ford stands again for family, occupation, recreation dreams. These are things that are memory joggers to help you have points of discussion that removes the ego. So I, maybe I run into you at the gym and I haven't met you before. So uh, I'm Julie. What's your name? I see you here all the time. I just wanted to introduce myself. Tim. Oh, hi Tim. I'm I'm Julie. It's good to meet you. Uh, did your family grow up here, or did you move here from somewhere else?
0: Oh, or you might even start out with a. You, know, I've, you did say, and I see you at the gym all the time, and I yeah. was meaning to say hello. Icebreaker. You're obviously a neighbor. And did you guys just move here? You your... look so familiar. Tell right. me,
1: how do I know you? Exactly. Oh, I know you from the, the gym. So how long has your family lived here? So that's the F and Ford family.
0: Now that will, I mean, in our environment, that wouldn't necessarily work. But in all of yours, and well, our prior environments, our previous incarnations when we were living in different states, that would definitely work. Especially like when we were in Texas, because pretty much everyone in Georgetown was from Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And, but we lived prior to that when we were in Ohio, at New Albany, hardly anybody was from New Albany. So, you know, adjust accordingly if you're from a community or a town where everybody's from the community or town, maybe, you know, move, alter the approach a little bit.
1: Well, this, so this is a coaching exercise that we do that you've wandered into. One of the things I do with my elite coaching clients when they learn this is take the F that stands for family and memorize four different family oriented questions. So that depending on what situation you're in, you can modify accordingly. So it might be, uh, is, did your family come from here? Did you grow up here? It could be, you know, I see you with those two little kids. That's a family question. What are the names of your kids? It could be even a pet question is really a family question, right? Um, What is your family doing for spring break? That's a family question, okay? Occupation. Maybe I say what I do, and I'm curious. Tell me again what you do. That's an occupation question. Now,
0: but here's the thing. In most social connections, most of the time, you're never going to move past family. Right. And But for men... You're gonna be move,
1: to an oh, occupation. You're gonna
0: to go to occupation relatively quick. So for men, they're not gonna like oh, I'm wife, kids, whatever. And then men will have a tendency to wanna to go for to occupation, right? That's how men bond. They men for the most part, it's not, you know, hundred percent, but you're, you adjust accordingly again. And then you're gonna have your four questions for occupation. And then if you're, you know getting to know someone even more and you've blazed through those two, which you probably never will, then you could start talking about recreation. You know, what do you do for fun? Do you golf? Those types of or things. Or
1: you might be in a situation where recreation is appropriate.
0: Right. Where recreation is the like you go right from, you know, family right to recreation. Maybe
1: that's how you know each other.
0: But here here's what hopefully all of you are internalizing. The point is not to make it about yourself. And that's the big fallacy that's essentially been I think, you know, that's the, the narcissism really has become a normal part of most people to the point where you think your job is to give a PSA, public service announcement every time you go and talk with anybody and everyone wants to know about you.
1: Well, social media is at it. I'm not
0: right exactly. I'm not saying you're not interesting, but I could give a rat's ass what you had for lunch today, truthfully. <laughs> But if you ask me what I had for lunch, I didn't have any lunch. But if you're asking me to have for lunch, now you're showing interest in me. Now we're going to start talking. Now we're going to start bonding. And if
1: Recreation. You, what's your favorite restaurant?
0: Right. What's your favorite restaurant, or you know, give you uh, you know Valentine's Day or some holiday, or a birthday is coming. What's you know what would you suggest? Things like that. Be really aware of how urgent in your mind you're trying to spin the conversation to talk about yourself. That's where you're going to lose your audience. Your audience wants to talk about themselves. And when you get them talking about themselves, when you listen to what they say, and then you ask them more questions about what they said, at that point, you have elevated yourself in the mind of that person to where the air is incredibly rare. And I want you to think about why. When was the last time anybody showed sincere interest in you ever ever? Think about that. When was the last time you met somebody and they actually asked you questions about and kind of followed this pattern of what we're describing to you? It never happens. That is not the way it's always been. Back not even that long ago, people actually were, you know, more trained to be less uh, you know, I'll say it again, narcissistic and talk about themselves constantly. And they were essentially it was a, a social, you know, socially that was considered rude and tacky. Now bad it's all manners. bad manners. And but our brains have evolved to the point. Where we still feel it's rude and tacky, but it's just become normalized. We don't realize that you know you get offended when somebody's constantly talking about themselves, or at the very least, you want to get the hell away from them. Now that is a plague of most real estate agents. They just want to talk about themselves. And here's the challenge: break that pattern. Start asking questions about other people. Not even if you have to fake interest to start to learn this new skill set. Who cares? Fake it. And then what will happen, you'll adapt to it and it'll become more naturally uh, who you are. And then what's going to happen? You're going to become the person that everyone wants to be around because you're going to become the one person in these people's lives that actually showed sincere interest in them. Because remember, we just determined that no one ever shows sincere interest in anyone else other than themselves. Now you're showing sincere interest in them. They're going to see you in a crowded room and you're going to be like a magnet and they're going to love you. They're going to want to be close to you because you made them feel good. You made them feel important. You guys understanding how simple and elegant this is? And Julie's point about, you know, when introverts learn to be more extroverted, we just gave you the hack on how to do it. Their lives improve. Their level of happiness improves. Oh, and by the way, you will make more money.
1: It's absolutely true. That's called versatility, the ability to be transacting, to be helpful, to be of service to a variety of different types of people, different than you, different from each other in a variety of situations and win every time for them and for you. That's versatility. So ultimately getting hung up on whether you're extroverted or introverted isn't the point of this. It's knowing some things about yourself, knowing what some of your challenges are and making some moves, having some tools like the Ford Memory Jogger, Family Occupation Recreation Dreams using scripts, asking good questions, removing I, me, my, and mine. These are tools that you have at your disposal, no matter what your personality is, so that you can be more versatile, help more people at a higher level, which will give you a better, more fulfilling life, more income, more interesting things to do. You know, I think it's a fun thing to work on actually.
0: Oh, I do too. I mean, I really do. And it's, it's caused the, like, you know, it's so funny when I remember very clearly when you were selling real estate, and this is a good sales technique, you know, frankly, a great way to serve your client. But you find out what they do for a living, and if there are a couple accountants, yeah. They're going to choose a neighborhood where there's other introverts. And so, I mean, where the neighbor, well, you guys will drive through a neighborhood. You're going to laugh when I say this because you're all going to have experienced this. You're going to drive through a neighborhood and you're going to instantly know the makeup of a majority of the people who live there based on how they live, based on the amount of kids stuff in their backyard, based on how orderly their homes are, based on the style of the homes, based on all of that. And so, if you're working for someone that's very buttoned up and they're an introvert, chances are they're not going to want to live in a neighborhood that's full of extroverts. That's a full of a bunch of people that are going to constantly be knocking on their door, wanting to go to the barbecue. And those, and what's happened is there's actually neighborhoods and sometimes entire communities where the dominant personalities have all sort of found each other. Yes, this is
1: true. Yeah, it's true. It's very interesting. I think. It is even you know, cities that are full of buildings, you know, like downtown Austin with their condos, condo buildings can have different flavors too. For sure. You know, so when you start opening your eyes to all of these things, the world becomes more interesting.
0: When Julie and I moved to Puerto Rico, there's obviously neighborhoods inside this neighborhood that we live in this community that we live. And everyone was assuming that we were going to live in this one particular area called Dorado Beach East. And it's gorgeous. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a dream come true, but it wasn't for us. Because it was way too extroverted.
1: There's just a lot going on over there. All the time. We like to visit, we go (laughs) to parties there. We go we, on field trips. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can go there and visit, and then we like to leave and come home. And tor- our,
1: our end of the neighborhood is generally pretty quiet and yep. chill, and there's people going on walks, and you know you know each other, but you don't necessarily party all the time.
0: And, and people are super apologetic if they happen to knock <laughs> on your door. Like, people leave each other alone. That's perfect for us.
1: It's all good.
0: <laughs> so hopefully, we made you guys laugh today. Hopefully, what we've really done is given you permission to you know, have a richer, fuller, I think, Better quality of life by really being introspective and then realizing how much we're all leaving on the table if we're willing to allow ourselves to become more versatile. That's really the big takeaway for today. Again, lots of books written on this, lots of training, lots of YouTube. If you're willing to drill down on this more, introverts, I know you'll want to. You can Google or you know go to DISC, you know DISC Personality Steps. Remember uh, uh, DISC Personality Test. Remember it's pseudoscience a.k.a. not real science, so don't act like it's you know the law of gravity. It's not. It's just sort of a a concept, basically. We do give you access to a DISC test for free when you join Premier Coaching, so you can just go to premiercoaching.com as well. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you later, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.